NFL. Now here's your hosts, Woot and Y. Hello everyone, this is the Woot and Y show. I'm Woot. I'm Y. That's the sound of Y. How you going, man? Good, man. Good. Did you know there was an eclipse this week? Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I didn't see it. I was just, just walking around, looking up at the sun. No, we didn't have any, thank God. I did love seeing the photos of everyone. I think Trump looked directly at the sun without any goggles, which is just standard. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No thoughts on astrology from me. No? No. Usually Except Interstellar into is an amazing movie. That's all I'll say about space. <laughs> Don't you? Oh, I'm not going to go into that movie. Every everyone Did I, has their opinion. Have you you've spoken to my fiance about that movie? Right, I have. You know, like the the space stuff, the the physics. No issues with her from her on that part. All right. What, her, what's her, her major issue is. That they make beer out of fermented oh, that's corn. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's her major beef in the film. <laughs> I mean, the corn like, beer. You I'd can't like make to, beer out of I'd like corn. To taste a corn beverage. Oh, yeah, I, someone please make beer out of corn just to prove her wrong. I'm sure it's been mental. done. It's, it's definitely it's been definitely done. Been it's done. just. Oh, it's just silly. Anyway, what else has been happening with you, man? Um, not too much. Um, you had a big win on Wednesday night. Yeah, I did. Um, Congrats. By that, I played soccer, listeners. Um, yeah. Grand no. final, though, right? No, it wasn't grand final. It was still... Oh, really? No. Oh. But there was like a team going. photo on Facebook. Oh, no, no. You're kneeling just... and, you know, there was hugs all around. I thought you won some title. No, it was uh, okay. just a ridiculous Oh, game. then I'd take back my congrats. It's, right, then, uh, you yeah. should We're not win. there yet. Just keep chopping. Just keep chopping. <laughs> just keep chopping wood, baby. Uh... Yeah, no. It's all about uh, the next game. A lot of it, lot of uh, preseason watching. Uh, what yep. we can, yeah, on Game Pass at the moment. Game Pass is an issue at the moment, um, and we've been big supporters of Game Pass because we we love the access that it gives us. But it's a major thorn in our sides right now. I can't watch anything live. I'm really struggling to watch the things condensed live. after viewing's fine. Yeah, the search function's great. Everything's good. Um. Yeah, it the live thing I, I find it's it's very very uh, delayed and stalls and and freezes and yeah, it's, it, it's a very painful. And like when I want to not do work at work and have a side screen on with Philadelphia playing. Hey, HR. <laughs> I I want to watch that, but uh, yeah, oh well, I have to have oh, well. to deal with. Hopefully, it. the NFL Game Pass is in its preseason and it's ironing out all the kinks and. It'll be fine for the regular season. We're holding out hope, given that they up the price as well. Uh, not great, not a great start. No, you don't. You don't up the price and then half the amount you can watch. Good news is we're still free on a weekly basis, and you can you follow us on Twitter so at WootWhy. Um, please, iTunes reviews. Um, we're going to do a, a special oh, this year. Yeah, we're not going to have condensed versions of our shows though. You'll get the full show. Um, Did you hear that sound? Oh, that was. I hope. I hope the listeners heard that. Oh, definitely a car. The first sound <laughs> sounded like very jewels? UFO-ish, like like some sort of metallic Those that metal near, uh, near, near where we were recording. There was just a deep hum. I don't know what don't know. It, it sounded, sounded like, like. It sounded a little bit extraterrestrial. It sounded uh, slash jaws. It sounded you know very amazing, but would have been a perfect contender uh, for I think it was just a car motor, but anyway. 
<laughs> iTunes reviews this year. Anyone that gives us an iTunes review uh, dated 2017 uh, will go into the draw to win, what is it, Josh? Well, we're, we're, we're stepping up our game this year. We're, we're going to do prizes, I think, all year. But like we're really we're really trying to we're gonna we're gonna up the ante we're gonna do you know some some form of sign, sign upping the big blind yeah so some some form of sign memorabilia and that that will be you know like for first place and then there will be uh, you'll we'll have like a minor prizes like a jersey and then a cap or a beanie or something like that yep um, yeah if we other if we have other competitions throughout the year uh, we'll also. Uh, if you have entered any time throughout the year, you're still as you're. That's still an entry to all the other contests. So yep. we're just gonna, yeah. But at at the moment, there will be a big draw. I think before the end of the season for something something yep. major. All right. So iTunes reviews. Uh, if you leave a review, leave maybe your email address or your Twitter handle at the bottom, so we can identify you. That's the best way to do it. Email us. Take a screenshot of it straight away. Yeah, that would be the best way to do it. Um, that way, if you're first in. With a screenshot of yours, that's yours, pretty much. And then, yep. if someone else tries to, you know, take credit for your review or something like that, yep. you've already you've already put it straight in. Exactly. And uh, anyone that enters our tipping comp, and we'll release all those details next week in the lead up to the season. Um, obviously, the winner of the tipping comp wins a jersey. Uh, Peter won last year, and he got his jersey uh, in the mail. And then we all have our fantasy leagues as well. So um, I got an update from Craig about our fantasy leagues. Um, Jamie Sowers. Reached out. He's in one. Sour. So you might get to play with a uh, former NRL player, Jamie Soward, in one. But uh, big NFL fan, Sowie. Uh, we had him on the show, I think, last season. No, the year Denver won. Um, so he actually picked Denver, too. You know, he proposed to his uh, his missus at half court at uh, Boston. Really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty Huge. cool. Huge. Big things going on in Boston at the moment. Yeah, massive. Um Yes, yeah, so please, if you did like our tweets in regards to these fantasy leagues, you need to follow Craig back. He's reached out to a lot of people that are that you know liked it or retweeted it to show their interest, um, but he hasn't heard back from from a lot of people. So please, if you're listening to this and you and you were keen on uh, money fantasy leagues in Australia, um, please give Craig a follow. He he would have reached out to you, but he's at Baltrop19. Give him a follow. That way, he can get your details down and set you all up in our leagues this year our paid fantasy leagues, and you can get involved in that. Speaking of fantasy, this is probably our last fantasy uh, show of the year. A lot of drafts that will be happening uh, from tomorrow onwards. Yeah, this uh, is on Thursday, our big one. Our big one. Uh, I've got a work league on Wednesday night as well, so I'm keen for that. So back-to-back nights of drafts. Okay. I think we got uh, our reality sports online one. On Tuesday? Is that this Tuesday? Oh, uh I can't remember, but it might be three straight nights of drafting. Uh, so this will be our last fantasy show. We speak to Sigmund Bloom of Football Guys. You love him. Um, he's great. You know, on the couch, the audible. You know him from all those. Um, so please enjoy this. And then uh, from next week, it's going to be all uh, f- all season preview shows: uh, AFC, NFC predictions, picks, bold predictions. The Wit and Y Wing will be back as well. Uh, we'll get all on that. I've also got another idea that I'm I'm wanting to run by you. Is it where we pick who we think is going to win the Super Bowl? No, that's a pretty good idea. That's a pretty good idea. Okay. But uh, right. every 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 year, right? I have like my player, right? Yep. So like last year was Chris Hogan, and I was obsessed. This this year, or like is this it, year, is it Chris Hogan with the K? <laughs> no, that was Chris Sean Hogan. Chris Sean Hogan. 
That was uh, <laughs> a stunning revelation. That was a stunning revelation uh, throughout the draft process. But uh, <laughs> I kind of want us to, you know, write down a few players that we know the other person hates. Yes. And then we have to change our mindset on this player throughout the year. Okay. So instead of like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pick blatant players that you dislike. I'm not just going to put Tom Brady. I don't fifth. dislike Tom Brady. Yes, I just, I'm going to put. You I, can't I'm write gonna, an article on gonna, Twitter about any other quarterback with someone spewing in your mentions. Oh, what I'm about stop, Brady? Stop, 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 stop. So I'm not, I'm not going to fill a hat full of Tom Brady and then make you pick it out and then go. All right, so now I've got to support this guy this year. I'm not going to do that. But like, All just right. players in general, and I'm not going to. So you're just going to put a hat full of Julian Edelman's in? Yeah, pretty much. No, all right. I won't pick any Patriots players or, nah, any, nah, or right. any players in your division, right? Because that's just well, like, I don't want to support players from my own division. Anymore. I want to support Marcus Marriott. Yeah, well, so you should. I can't hate him, though. He's just so kind. When I was in Hawaii, right, I thought I'd see more. Yeah. And I, I didn't really see any Mariota jerseys. Like, oh, wow. For the first, like, five days I was there. Yeah. Sixth day. Wait, I Everywhere. Know I don't know what happened. It was just like Mariota convention. Sale. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, anyway. so what's the idea of this segment? We just gotta... I don't know, we have to like... Sometimes, I don't know, there's uh, like for no reason... We How just do get, I win? We just get down on a player. Okay, I'm not going down on any players. <laughs> this podcast just took a real bad turn. <laughs> Went dark. Yeah, but I mean like if you pick Brock Osweiler out... And you have to start supporting Brock Osweiler. <laughs> you know I, I mean? might have to support Brock Osweiler. Have you heard the rumours that the Colts, when they, the Browns? No. <laughs> well, they tried to grab him. It's a stupid rumour, but, you yeah, know, we'd luck out. Was, I reckon that was That would be that. a massive, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> God, that All would right. make me I so like happy. it. We'll, uh, we'll do it. But, uh, uh let's get into, they, they came here for the Sigmund Bloom, the listeners. Let's give them the Sigmund Bloom. All right, joining us on the line from Austin, Texas, possibly in the midst of a hurricane, Sigmund Bloom. You can read his work on footballguys.com. You can also hear his work on the Audible and on the couch as part of the Football Guys podcasting network. It's always a pleasure having Mr. Sigmund Bloom back on the Wooten Wise show, and you can follow him on Twitter as well, at Sigmund Bloom. Welcome back to the show. How are we doing? Oh, great. It's always good to be back. And you can kind of picture me in a in a rain jacket like clinging to uh so a light post, you know, uh, but but the wins here are everything that's been going on in the preseason and how we have to sift through whether we should be changing our outlook on, on some of these teams or we should stick to our guns. If you had to pick a player to uh, start in a hurricane, who would it be? Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's got to be Lynch because <laughs> Ryan Riddle, uh, one of his college teammates and a friend, Ryan Riddle, um, described trying to tackle him as like trying to tackle a wave in the ocean. There you go. Nice. So he, didn't he, even think about that. That was so quick. I just <laughs> I just popped into my head. I was like, I wonder what who who Sigma would take if he wanted to, you know, fight in a hurricane. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously we're gonna talk football. Normally we we have a whole list of questions that we we jot down in, for any guests. But this this episode we thought we'd try it a little bit different and just uh, we'll just go topic for topic, question for question. Yeah. And I want to start with draft strategy um and we have our main league next week and uh i was fortunate enough as the reigning champ to land pick one in the random draft order selection um that we chose so how do you approach a draft you know picking obviously you know top top two or three in the draft yeah obviously you take one of those those two top running backs but then on the turn 
How are you approaching drafts? Uh, are, you, are you loading up on running back as, uh, because you've taken that elite one and, and making that your strength of your team? Or do you often go zero wide receiver because you like what you can get right. later on? How, how are you approaching drafts You know, from what you've done drafting in the top? Sure. I'm willing to break ties against wide receiver early just because of the depth of the position and the scarcity of running back and tight end options that I feel really good about. Uh, and on that note, so at the two, three turn after you would start with a, a bell or a David Johnson, uh, certainly Ezekiel Elliott is interesting because the idea, uh, if you make it to the playoffs and having a combination of bell or Johnson and Elliott, uh, Rob Gronkowski, if he falls that far, or, you know, uh, even Travis Kelsey, uh, with how the chiefs offense is looking good. Demarius Thomas is a favorite there. Uh, I have him as more of a, a second round value, even a late first round value. And Trevor Simeon winning the job is good for him. As Simeon's more of a, a good executor, but not necessarily someone who's going to stretch the defense or create plays on his own. Marshawn Lynch, who I already mentioned, is someone I'm looking for around there. This is also a good place if you love Christian McCaffrey, if you love Dalvin Cook, you know, you're smitten with them. You might be right. They might be one of those players that tilt fantasy leagues. So I would not be afraid of coming out of my first three picks without a wide receiver, especially if I'm starting with Bell or Johnson. Yeah, are you uh, typically, I mean, most people are nowadays, but are you typically uh, late quarterback drafter? Especially because this this year, uh, round three is just, you know, it seems like a graveyard sure. of talent compared to, like, I, lo- I look at what players are available and I see, like, you know, two, three rounds later, I don't see the disparity between, like, their values. And I look at someone like Aaron Rodgers, and if he's still there, like, would you pull the right. trigger? Yeah, and I think Rodgers and Brady both fit in that early uh, slot draft plan I just discussed, too. Again, not being afraid of coming out of the first three rounds without a wide receiver. Because Brady and Rodgers are both at the top of their game. I mean, Brady's 40, but still, he, he looks as good as he has at any point in recent history. And both of them have offenses that are surging up in terms of surrounding weapons and health of those weapons. So I, I'm all for either of them being consideration as far as the third round. But I'm not typically an early round quarterback drafter or typically a late round quarterback drafter. I look at it as having options throughout your draft. And depending on what your league does, they kind of tell you what to do because there's a lot of good risk reward propositions. You know, if I can get Russell Wilson in the seventh, or maybe sixth. You know, you really you're just adjusting these depending on how early your league drafts quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota in the eighth or, or ninth. Um, I think uh, Dak Prescott becomes interesting with Ezekiel Elliott's suspension in the tenth or eleventh. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, roll him out there against Cleveland Week One, and then let's see where it goes with Martavis Bryant back. Uh, my Andy Dalton later than that. Um, Carson Palmer even later than that. Who starts with uh, a quartet of teams? Uh, I think Dallas, Detroit. Uh, and Dallas and, and San Francisco and Indy, you know, all uh, defenses that are not imposing at all. There's a lot of options there, but if anybody lets a, a good quarterback fall too far, I'll snap them up. Hmm. Nice. Okay, so uh, we've covered the the earlier rounds. So in in the middle rounds, who who are you looking at? I know um, you said you know the wide receiver depth is good. There is that is that the way you're headed? Sure. Uh, I I like um, Martavis Bryant. I like uh, Tyreek Hill in, in, in that fourth, fifth round range as wide receivers with a, a great chance to outperform their ADP. Um, I think Greg Olson is kind of an unsexy pick at, at tight end, but one who uh, was a tr- on a tremendous pace before Cam Newton got dinged last year. And you know, he's a solid pick there. I like getting one of the six best four or six tight ends to have. I, t- I like to try to build in the possibility of having an advantage everywhere. Uh, and, and I think Olsen can do that for you. If you take Ezekiel Elliott as part of your plan and you're looking for running backs to cover that first six weeks, Spencer Ware, C.J. Anderson look like good running backs. Uh, Golden Tate is an excellent value. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin looks just fine. 
there, there's yeah. plenty of options. Uh, you know, you get to that fourth, sixth round range, and you have a lot of play there to take the players that you like. Yeah, I feel like this year the draft is a little bit funnier. I like, I'd rather have three picks in round six than maybe a third or fourth round pick. Is that if that makes any sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, well, because you can, you know, Jimmy Graham and Russell Wilson, we could easily tell ourselves stories that they're going to be top three at their position. Um, some of the running backs there, like you might like Amir Abdullah, you might like Bilal Powell, you might like Mike Gillisley. Uh, but there's there's a, a, a favorite for everybody, Paul Perkins, uh, where you feel like this guy should be going two to three rounds earlier. And no matter how your draft goes out. So, it's you know, we think we forget about this in the NFL draft. But oftentimes when a team is taking a player in the third round, they have him graded as a second rounder. And you can think of your fantasy draft that way where, you know, if I believe that um, uh, Kelvin Benjamin is worth a third round pick and I can get him in the sixth round of my draft, then again, that should make you more confident in taking other positions than wide receiver. Or if it's Amir Abdullah, you think Amir Abdullah is going to be the man uh, this year and you can get him in the fifth round, but you think he's going to produce like a second rounder, then maybe that makes you shy away from running back early. Hmm. Yeah, I you talked about um, offenses before a minute ago. Like yeah. y- your theory, or I, I guess it's not really a theory, but maybe it is. I'm not sure. But your, the, the si- size of the pie that you always hammer yeah. down the offenses. So how do you approach it though when there is so many slices and so many mouths to feed, a la right. New England and Tennessee, um, when the pie is so big? And then counter to that, when the offense, the pie might be a little bit tiny and minute, like a little little dessert tart or something like that, but there's fewer slices, you know, sure. a la Bilal Powell in New York or LaShawn McCoy Bobby in Buffalo. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that we think of it in terms of size of the pie, but we also think of it in which way the arrow is pointing, right? So, so an, an offense like Jacksonville, an offense like Buffalo, an offense like the Jets, the arrow is pointing down. Um, so even if Robbie Anderson or Bilal Powell or Zay Jones or, or – Jordan Matthews, you know, you know, Latrell McCoy is a lot harder to stomach as a first round pick now. Uh, Leonard Fournette's harder to stomach as a third round pick or, or Allen Robinson because you just feel like this, these offenses aren't going to be successful. They're not going to put a player near the upper range of his range of outcomes, yep. uh, you know, much like Allen Robinson last year or DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller last year. And I do think you want to invest in these really potent offenses because injuries can clarify things. Usage patterns can clarify things. Talent can clarify things. But that upper range in a Tennessee or a New England or a New Orleans or a Pittsburgh, uh, in these offenses that have a chance to, to have success that builds on itself, where success in the running game creates success in the passing game, and, 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 you know, especially for teams like New England that have shown the willingness to put up 40 points on a team, you know, they, they, they go for the jugular and they, they don't stop until a team is buried. I'm much more willing to invest in players from the top to the bottom of my draft, but especially at the end, guys like Rex Burkhead or Chris Hogan or Dion Lewis. It's easy to picture them having a big impact on your season despite the small cost because of the quality of the offense. Yeah, and I think you just got to be patient with some of those as well because their role might not you know, pan out early on, but, you know, all it takes is, as you're at an injury and Rex Burkhead could be an RB1 for you. Well, just, while, just while we're on that, uh, yeah. that that backfield for New England, I mean, it, some people might just feel safer just to stay away, but, you know, the bell cow in New England has just notoriously put up great numbers. How, how do you see that unfolding, Sigmund? Yeah, I want I want to have part of it to see what happens. Uh, any of these players, given the opportunity, you know, given twelve to fifteen touches a game, 
will produce enough to have fantasy relevance. And it's quality of offense and quality of player. Um, I, I almost look at it simplistically, like just take the one that's cheapest. The Titans wide receivers might be like this too. Just take the last one. Get a piece of it and see what happens. And the last ones are Deion Lewis, who was a running back one for fantasy. Now, granted, James White was you know not nearly as experienced. Uh, he had LeGarrette Blunt, not two running backs to contend with. But we know what he could do. It. We know what Rex Burkhead could do uh, last year at the end of the year. We know he's the only one that has a true two-way game and gives the deception that Belichick wanted. We know Gillis Lee's performed well and was a target of Belichick. And this team, in any time like anytime the Patriots are favored by a touchdown, Gillis Lee will probably be the play. And then James White, we know what he did in the Super Bowl. So any of these players can complete the circuit depending on patterns, depending on injuries. Whereas the players, the running backs you're passing on, you know, it's almost like this idea of uh, I have a quarter and I have a, a 50% chance of turning it into 50, a 50 cent piece, but I have maybe a 5 or 10% chance of turning it into a 10 or $20 bill, you know? Um, and some people might take the quote unquote safer 50 50 bet, but what does your fantasy team really gain by that? I would rather take the bet with the higher payoff. And if I get caught in a tight spot, and like you said, you have to be patient. So maybe I have to cut Rex Burkhead or Deion Lewis week three, week four, when the buy started up because I'm in a crunch, but that still gives me some time to see how this shakes out when I know the payoff will be big. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So just moving to like flag players and the players that you're targeting, who, who are, who are players that you're happy to reach for or target in the draft? Yeah. Yeah. And again, this comes back to your valuations, right? Like Doug Martin. I mean, uh, yeah. so he's missing three games, but <laughs> You know what you can get, right? It. We've been talking about Doug Martin so often. For weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because if Doug Martin comes out and looks like the player he was two years ago, and the Bucks are a markedly improved team that he benefits from, like they ride the wave of each other, was that going to surprise anybody at all? No. I mean, it, it'd be more surprising if he looks like he was in 2016 after everything that's happened. And... Uh, you know, th- this is a player. The, f- the first three games of the the fantasy football regular season are not really that important. So I I, I think you can you can weather that storm. Take your quiz Rogers a little bit later. Um, I I'd like Devonte Parker because of what he's been doing. Oh, and yeah, we had that ball catch run. Yeah, yeah. It just makes sense. Again, this all just makes sense. It's the momentum of the off season. It's how he rips with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler compared. Yeah, he just doesn't care. He just he just I'll go deep every play. <laughs> yeah, and he just he he rips with them. You know, um, I like coming away with Derrick Henry because I know Derrick Henry can win my league for me if Demarco Murray goes down and Murray's been a little bit banged up. Um, I mentioned Mariota as a player that I'm I'm targeting a lot. Uh, Tyrell Williams it just doesn't make sense. Why is he an eighth, ninth round pick as the number two receiver for Philip Rivers and a, an ascendant player? Um, getting a lot of Marvin Jones, who's just you know very simply a starting wide receiver, who was the number one fantasy wide receiver through three games. It started to wear down, and, and maybe it'll be a wasted pick. But in the ninth or tenth round, the, the upside is fantastic. Corey Davis, you know that Tennessee theme. Um, it, it's but I like this is how everybody should be thinking of their draft, and it isn't like listen to me take the guys that I would take it's go into your draft with clarity knowing that there are players you do like enough to reach for a round or two earlier than they're going um travis benjamin another chargers receiver so that you you don't outthink yourself when you're on the clock and take a player because everyone's passed on him for a round or two and you think he should have been drafted that's letting your league set your lineup or or determine your roster just because there's a reason that 11 other people or nine other people are passing on a player a round or two past where they should be going in most cases. Mm-hmm. So you should have a reason before you take them better than that. I like that. That's a good <laughs> line. 
Uh, we're going to double back to running backs, you know, these murky situations. Uh, what's your thoughts on, you know, late in a draft, say round 10, 11, you know, you're at the turn, either, you know, 1, 2 or, you know, 12 or 10 or 14, depending on how many people are in your league. But maybe just doubling down and, and taking, say, Thomas Rawls and CJ Prosas back-to-back and just sort of stacking the odds against you that one of them pans out to be the guy in Seattle. It's not bad. Um they're both hurt, though. You know, you would hope if you're going to double up, you take one on Lacey yep. just because he's the one who's healthy right now. But if you spell out all the words, you know, like a secret code and all the first letters of, of every, every sentence we're saying, it spells out Chris Carson, you know. <laughs> uh, and I think because if Procise and Rawls have dicey injury histories and they're already hurt, Eddie Lacey wasn't doing enough to exert control over this backfield before Rawls got hurt. Carson has been running with the ones and looking the part. So every year in the preseason, I think one of the most important things to pay attention to are players that weren't necessarily on our radar before the preseason, but have gotten on our radar during that time. Chris Carson's one in Seattle because it just seems like he could be the last man standing. Uh, like Kristen Michael was last year. Um, um, Jerron Brown in Arizona because oh, it pains my heart. Jerron Brown's problems healing from his quad injury. Uh, Javorius Allen in Baltimore with Danny Woodhead having an issue with his hamstring and just looking good. And we know that Baltimore's going to throw to the running back like 150 times this year as they did last year. And yeah. Allen be really interesting because of that. Uh, you know, th- these players coming on late Cooper Cup in the Rams, those late momentum players, you know, last year there was were guys like Tyrell Williams. Uh, that was, was somebody like Terrell Pryor. Uh, it's always important to see those players that are putting us, putting them on our radar and being, being willing to put them in our draft plans for that end game. Yeah. You, you mentioned um, Dalvin Cook before and, you know, putting your faith in him. And you was you were also saying that, you know, uh, when you mentioned the Jags and how Fournette, um, you know, sliding to maybe the third round now, how, how, how are you looking at these rookie running backs? Are you... Yeah. When when doing some mocks, I've ended up with two running uh, two rookie running backs as my one and two, and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> if it's if it's Cook and McCaffrey, I think you could be you could you could be golden. Um, this has resorted itself out since before the preseason. I think before the preseason, it was Fournette one. Uh, it was Mixon and McCaffrey jockeying for number two with Mixon having more momentum going into camp. Then McCaffrey, and then Cook fourth, and sometimes a distant fourth in there in the fourth in the fifth round. Now with all this new information, I think that it's Cook and McCaffrey first. Fournette's still not that far behind because he went four overall, and he, you know he has his moments from especially his freshman year at LSU. But uh, he's fading, uh, and then Mixon's also fading, but they're not fading that far. You know you're not going to get Fournette later than the fourth round or Mixon later than the fifth round. Cook and McCaffrey have all the look of players that that will cause a team to tear up their plans. You know, we're going to use Latavius Murray this way. We're going to use Jonathan Stewart this way. Then you see what they do. And remember, Carolina starts out with San Francisco and Buffalo. So this is a great start potentially for McCaffrey. Uh, uh, Cook starts out against New Orleans, you know, indoors, prime time. And, and, And whatever the plans were, this is one of the things we have to remember in fantasy football, right? We've spent so long looking at these teams and situations that we think that it's going to be either this or this, you know, or this is the range of outcomes. But once they actually start to play, a whole new range of outcomes emerges yeah. based on how they're playing, right? <laughs> yes, and, exactly. and, 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 and rookie rookies are the ones who deceive us the most where we, we, we're limiting. So, you know, Mixon is more of a guy that you let someone take and maybe get impatient with because the Bengals will be stubborn about Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard looks good. 
Fournette I would just stay away from. Cook and McCaffrey are just fine where they're going. And I do want to say, while I'm on the subject of the Vikings, that that's a sleeper offense to get a lot better. Not necessarily get to the New England, New Orleans level, you know. Um, but Sam Bradford's had a whole offseason. Pat Shermer was the guy who basically stumped to the team to get Bradford. He worked with them at Philly under Chip Kelly. He worked with them in St. Louis in Bradford's rookie year, which is one of his best years. Uh, the offensive line's going to be better. Um, you know, Adam Thielen isn't coming out of nowhere now. The, the Michael Floyd has looked pretty good. It's going to be out for four games, but he gives them an upgrade to the third wide receiver. Uh, this could be a much better offense than we saw last year, and it's another reason to like Cook. Yeah, everyone knocked their, their offensive line signings, and they're not the, the best players on paper, but they're upgrades of over what they had last year, and that was some of the, the worst offensive line issues we've we've seen. So I, I definitely agree on that part with the Vikings. Uh, speaking of rookies, you mentioned uh, Tennessee before. Corey Davis is a guy I know you've been oh. pounding the table for, and you're probably sick of talking. Or maybe you're not. No, you, you talk about never. him a lot. But uh, how are you... You see my Ask Me About Corey Davis button? Yeah. <laughs> it's the one note I dropped down, Ask Sigmund about Corey Davis. Um, but, yeah, why why are you so high on Corey Davis? And and sure. I, I loved watching his tape, and I know we did yeah. as well. But, yeah, it's just a, it's a hard situation to judge because of all those mouths to feed. But, yeah, he seems to be going at, at a really good value, though. He is because of the hamstring injury. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to see him before the preseason. But you're still, again, it's kind of like Marvin Jones. If you're taking him in the ninth or tenth round, why are we really shedding a lot of tears if if it doesn't work out? You know, if Davis takes the field not until week two or week three, and then right away he hurts his hamstring again, and then we toss him back to the waiver wire. Because what's the reward? Uh, he was the number five overall pick, even though the Titans didn't get to work him out. They didn't get to see his measurables, and he was playing at a small school. So they really didn't get to see a lot of tape of him against top corners. Mm-hmm. And... They were still willing to take him fifth overall. And some of that has to be the off-field. Some of that has to be attitude. Some of that has to be the way they sold him as someone that, you know, if you're investing in me, a precious resource in me, you won't be sorry. Barely played in the spring. Shows up at training camp. uh, In a few practices, by all accounts, dominates training camp. Uh, Eric Decker is the number three receiver. Eric Decker, a very accomplished NFL receiver, is immediately the number three receiver. They don't do any, oh, Davis has to earn this or win this job. They're immediately putting him in there. Then he hurts the hamstring. Uh, and Decker, by the way, has an ankle that's keeping him out in the third preseason game. So Davis is already some slated to be one of the top two receivers, and they did it without much preparation in the spring going into the summer. And I think as soon as he's healthy enough to play, he's going to be a top two receiver again. And... By all accounts, he's way ahead of the curve and, and ready to make an impact. Uh, and I, I think that Marcus Mariota, for an eight-week stretch last year, was about as good as any fantasy quarterback. The running game creates a lot of openings for the passing game. The offensive line is one of the best in the league, returning all five starters. Uh, it's just easy to see Corey Davis come out and impress and, and, and outperform what would be pretty low expectations on it look on if you're taking a player in the ninth or tenth round and he's just useful for your fantasy team like a good bye week injury fill-in you've done pretty well with that pick it's not difficult to picture Corey davis being someone that you start every week and and they start the season if he can get back on the field against oakland uh which looks like one of the most vulnerable de- jared goff look good yeah it's <laughs> oakland in the preseason and it was actually tennessee's exotic smash mouth that looked good against Oakland's offense last defense last season. So yep. I, I, I'm all for Corey Davis. And really, I think any Titans receiver is a, a solid pick 
that it's easy to picture outperforming what you pay for them. Yep. Good. I'm all in. I mean, <laughs> you're all in now. Yeah. Plus, they play my shoddy Colts twice a week, uh, twice a year yeah. as well. So, yeah. Okay. Um, we're gonna go through some murky situations. Uh, well, that's what we've labelled it anyway. Yeah. Murky, murky situations. Yeah. Um, I don't to... know. I don't know how else to word it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is it murky? I, maybe that's probably the probably not the right word, but it, it'll do. Yeah. Try to get some clarification on some of uh, you know these these groupings where there's. A bit of mm-hmm. uh, a bit of confusion. I mean, like for Seattle's running backs, you've already you've already mentioned sure. Carson's on the rise and things yep. like that. So um, Denver's offense. How, how do you how do you view that Denver's offense now with uh, with Simeon? You see, you mentioned him before, and the um, that that bodes well for Demarius Thomas. But how how else yeah. do you see it unfolding? Well, it's boring. I mean, look, this is kind of a loss. I mean, they wanted Paxton Lynch to develop so that he would overtake Trevor Simeon. And Trevor Simeon's a limited quarterback, so we can try to find the parts of the Denver offense that would dovetail well with what Simeon does, which is more Demarius Thomas. Uh, and then C.J. Anderson, um, you know, it doesn't make you more optimistic about him, but at the same time, Jamal Charles is playing for a roster spot. De- Devontae Booker's hurt. I mean, D'Angelo Henderson's a guy to put on our waiver wire watch list. But Anderson should be solid to begin the season, at least, as a fifth or sixth round pick. Again, pairing up well with Ezekiel Elliott, who might miss those first seven weeks. Uh, but, you know, this isn't going to be an offense that produces players that necessarily win your league for you. With the possible exception of Demarius Thomas, just because Mike McCoy is back, who really leaned on those uh, wide receiver screens first time around with the Broncos. Yep. And Thomas is over a hip injury that was debilitating for him. So Thomas is is the guy to target here. Uh, Manuel Sanders is still a solid value, but this is going to be a middling offense that it's that, that won't blow us away. It won't be one of the talks of the season because the quarterback situation is a problem, and it really means watch out for Chad Kelly next year. Yeah, I always find Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius are both there on the board whenever I'm picking in a mock draft, and I find it hard to buy in, especially to Sanders, given just the the floor of you know, the limited ceiling, sorry, of of that offense. But you're right. I think Mike McCoy, is, his addition in Denver is, is heavily overlooked. Uh, all right, moving on to my – I talked about my Colts before. Uh, how do you approach them now you know, projecting luck? Because obviously it looks likely that he'll miss week one. Uh, but long term, especially investing early in T.Y. Hilton, how, how do you feel about investing in Colts – Pass catch, pass catches with a with a banged yeah. up Andrew Luck. You want to believe this is going to be like a, a like almost like one of these suspension situations, right? Like ah, you know, Luck might miss a week or two, and then there's a week or two we have to let him rust shake off the rust, and and he'll be fine. And that means you can get him in the, if you get him in a tenth round. Why not? Uh, if you can get him, if you can get T. Y. Hilton in the third round, where he might be a late first rounder if Luck was okay. Why not? But don't you just feel something not right? And I'm not even talking about them concealing details or, or not being straight with us about Luck's shoulder. I'm talking about the idea that this is a team headed for the rocks right now. You know, the ship is going to hit the rocks. Yep. The, the car is going to go in the ditch. The plane is going to run into the mountain. Uh, Chuck Pagano seems, you know, similarly disinterested or, or really just not in control. Out of his depth. The, yeah, and and not, not a reluctant head coach, you know. Um, the team has been disappointing. Their center is hurt, uh, hurt badly. The offensive line is already an issue. And this idea of luck, like I'm not as worried about how many games luck is going to miss. I'm worried that they're going to put him out there with the season potentially slipping away before he's ready, and he could either get hurt uh, or or just not be ready and and increase the sense of dread 
around this offense. So this goes along with Jacksonville. This goes along with Buffalo as teams that what we've seen, or in the case of Indy, what we've not seen, and uh, is making it hard to want to take any of their players. Mm. So where would you bite the bullet on T.Y. Hilton if you are yeah. if you are in a draft? Fourth round, you know, especially um, especially again if I'm uh, you know if I don't take Ezekiel Elliott, if I if I started a draft with three non wide receiver picks, um, it it sounds nice to have Hilton as, as someone that can be my number one, but just after a little bit of a delay, um, and again luck maybe like ninth or tenth round quarterback so deep though that the problem the other thing you have to consider with luck is if you only have fourteen or sixteen roster spots and your bench isn't deep. Having to carry two quarterbacks could make you miss out on one of those key waiver wire pickups. Chris Carson early in the season, so so you have to you have to weigh that into the decision of whether to take luck. Yeah, I think the safest of the options might end up being Jack Doyle. Um, I just think that even if it is Tolsey in luck for a while, um, he's a, he's a safer target. Um, not not as di- not as much deep passing. Uh, would you still invest in Doyle at his ADP? He's still going so late. Yeah. It's tight end. I like to get one of the top ten tight ends. You know, if I don't get Jack, if I don't get one of the top ten tight ends, cutting off somewhere around Delaney Walker, or Zach Ertz, then I would be just as much fine like trotting out Austin Hooper against Chicago Week One and see where it goes from there. Jesse James against Cleveland Week One, see where it goes from there. Uh, um, Jason Witten against the Giants, he he has big games against them. Ezekiel Elliott's probably not going to play. You know, just take a streaming t- tight end approach, just because uh, if it's Scott Tolzien. You, do you really want to start any part <laughs> of a Scott Tolzien combination in your fantasy line? Oh, I, 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 Doyle connection. I, I have to watch. <laughs> it's depressing to watch as a Colts fan, let alone a fantasy fan as well. I might have to yeah avoid at all costs. <laughs> okay, let's let's go away from uh, you know that that my that, depression that your depression yeah, and we'll move <laughs> to uh, the Rams who you know they're starting there's. Yeah, there's a little bit of buzz in LA around this this team, and you know you mentioned before Goff's starting to look better under McVeigh. But how much? How much so? How much? How do we project these Rams wide receivers with you know Goff's improvement? Well, at the very least, it gives you some optimism, um, and 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 I think that you know we're looking at Sammy Watkins as somebody who. Um, you know, if he falls, say, to the fifth round, you know, just on sheer talent, you might want to take him. Cooper Cup could be like a, a Jamison Crowder, to use the Washington analogies from the offense John McVay was part of before. Um, and, and it just looks like if if you wanted to see evidence that they're setting Goff up to succeed, that they're setting this offense up to rebound, you've seen it now, uh, albeit against the Raiders. And then that should make you more inclined to look at Todd Gurley in the second round. Uh, also with Lance Dunbar, their receiving running back they signed injured then Gurley could be a bigger part of the passing game too uh so we like this Rams offense we just know about we just don't know how much they will ascend uh and I I think that you still want to take players from offenses with those arrows pointing up yeah I Sammy Watkins is is one that I think will help the offense overall uh, as a whole but it's hard to really project his impact I feel like he might Maybe start slow uh, early on, but I think he could come on and, and when he builds up that rapport with Goff, he could be a trade target, I think, for, for an unhappy owner in, in week four or five. Yeah, and I think that um, we, you know, we, we could be underestimating how much all of these pieces help free each other up. And, and Sean McVay adds um, better play design, better play sequencing, and then just that general sense of like un burdening of this team not having to be under Jeff Fisher and, and the sort of gruesome dungeon of offense that he creates. <laughs> it's a great description. 
Do you see this? Does this also help Gurley a lot, or you you don't see that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, it certainly can't hurt, and it forces the safeties, you know, seeing it's both helps him in terms of not seeing stacked boxes, and also uh, because this is a, a team now that can have more variety on offense, you know, really threaten the deep part of the field, keep it in play. Uh, so those two things can compound each other, more scoring drives, mm. uh, all of these things. Because Gurley was really in an in just, it wasn't just Gurley, the whole offense seemed to be depressed and just kind of going through the motions last year and that that they they seem excited to play football again now yeah and it's it's just good to give Goff and Gurley an actual chance Uh, it was hard to really give them any chance last year with with Jeff Fisher it's hard to judge them properly Um, you know if Goff does end up being bad this year at least we can say all right well he's had an offensive coordinator now that's giving him a, a decent chance to to make things work and obviously it's looking a little bit Good early on, we'll have to wait and see, you know, in the following weeks. An offense that hasn't quite looked as good, and we expect them to look better, is Washington. How are you approaching the running back situation there? Because it feels like no one's going to win that job. It feels like whoever loses the least is winning that job. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, the offense hasn't looked great in the preseason. It still could be good. It's a good offensive line with continuity. Yep. It'll be Kelly at first. But Samarze P. Ryan might have dropped now to the point where he's more acceptable to stash away again. It depends on your bench size. Uh, you know, this is a team that at times will produce good uh, running back numbers, but at the same time, uh, it's that point in the draft, ninth to twelfth round, where you know you're going to take your shots. And in, in Washington's running game, not giving us a lot of optimism right now, uh, and the idea of it potentially being unsure week to week, uh, it's probably, as you said, like like the. We don't want the biggest loser, you know. We want we want winners. We want players that are going to exceed ADP with, with flying colors, and, and this one's a tough situation to invest in right now. Uh, you mentioned getting one of the top tight ends. Uh, is Jordan Reed someone that you you look at, yeah, yeah. or is is the injury history a concern? And it is it is a bit of a crowdy a crowdy a crowded sorry uh, situation in terms of pass catches with. With Jamison Crowder, with Terrell Pryor, and possibly the emergence of Josh Doxson. Yeah, I mean, you want to you want to like this offense uh, because of the past success, because of Kirk Cousins seeming to be a good um, uh, quarterback. But Jordan Reed and the toe issue—he already got orthotics in his shoe. He's talking about you know how he's going to cope with the injury in the season in season that's not good he's not going to be any healthier as the season goes on how much does that open things up there's the connection between prior and docs in there this is another one of those uh, and, and cousins this is another one of those offenses where we might want to buy in after a potential slow start certainly the eagles it's not a great outlook against that off defense to open the season there's that center might be hurt uh fletcher cox and timmy jernigan in in, in the middle might be problem for the the Washington offense, like dealing with them week one. So this could be a team that comes out of the gate slow and maybe uh, you don't want to target Washington players in your draft, but you could get them cheap or even scoop like one of those running backs up off the waiver wire. If you get a good read on it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think I'm just avoiding Reed at this point. I'd rather take Jefferson Crowder, but then Terrell Pryor's ADP is, is, is bizarre to me. How do you feel about that? Luke? Uh, I mean, early, early on I was, I was targeting, uh, Prior, but I've kind of soured on him a little bit. And I mean, they they invested so much in Josh Doxson and they saw him, you know, being the the focal point of their offense in the future. So I I kind of I'd rather take a fire on him late. Yep. All right. Uh, any more questions before we speed round it up or what? Nope. All good. 
All good. Is there anything you wanted to talk about, actually, Sigmund, that you, <sighs> you've you had buried deep within you and you finally get the opportunity to to let it out? No. Oh, <laughs> I've already got to talk about Marshawn Lynch. I've already got to wax philosophical. Rob Gronkowski, you know, take players you like, take players that make you excited to watch and celebrate with, and that's still what fantasy football should be about. He gave up drinking, apparently, which is... Yeah. But they're still putting oil and batteries and, and, and wiring the cables up behind him, so he he's still, he's <laughs> yeah. still working, guys. Don't have to freak out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we we do this with every guest, uh, a speed round type, uh, sort of just generic questions sure. for us. So uh, who is a a player that Sigmund Bloom probably won't own in 2017 because of the ADP? It's Mike Evans, just because I see the second half of his year is closer to what he's going to do in Tampa's offense than the first half of the year. There we go. Nice. Straight to the point. Um, a player that you will own the most shares of? Mm, um Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> there we go. So he just chips in on Lynch this year. No, no concerns at all about, uh, you know, age or anything like that. Sure, sure, some concerns, but Latavius Murray in this role made it worth a third round pick last year. So I think Lynch can do that and more. Yeah, I think seventy percent of Marshawn Lynch is better than a hundred percent of Latavius Murray, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, who's a, a deep round sleeper that you're stashing on a lot of your rosters, aside from Chris Carson, who we know uh, you're yeah, right. going to be targeting. Yeah, Rex Burkhead, Chris Hogan. Um, if we're going to go deeper, you know, um, Jerron Brown is getting onto our radar now. I mentioned Javoris Allen. Um, Paul Richardson's interesting in Seattle with Tyler Lockett coming on slow. You, know, you want to get good players in good situations. Yep. Nice. Um, I mean, this might tie into it a little bit, but late-round late, late round rookie, is there any late-round rookies that, you know, aren't really being spoken about that you see, you know, possibly come end of the season, there might sure. be an opportunity for them? Cooper Cup, I uh, mentioned, you know, is that Jameson Crowder role, PP, deeper PPR leagues. Tariq Cohen, fantastic in oh, Chicago, yeah. and, and it might really seize control of that number two running back job. Which is not, not hard to do, Jeremy Langford. Uh, mm. You know, bit of, bit of milk toast. Um, sorry, Jeremy. Uh, I know he's a huge fan of us. Uh, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, all right, if you're uh, picking sort of the latter end of a, of a draft um, and you, you have to pick defenses and, you know, the, the obviously the, the Denvers, the Kansas Cities, the Houstons are all right. gone, is there a, a late defense that you that you like to pick or like to yeah. target? Week one matchups. Uh, Pittsburgh against Cleveland, Buffalo against the Jets, and the Rams against Scott Tolson. All right, there we go. Uh, one more favorite. You, you, we we talk about late round quarterbacks, but who's your absolute favorite? Yeah. So, sort of after round ten. Favorite after round ten quarterback. Yeah. Um, uh, Andy Dalton, or if we're going a little bit later, Carson Palmer, uh, because of that wonderful early season schedule. And if we're going really deep, and someone just a stash, Deshaun Kaiser, because of his running ability in Cleveland, losing a lot. Think that he wins that job easily? Uh, it, it, unless they feel like there's some potential harm putting him out there, it's his job. Sweet. We're Team Kaiser, so we are are big fans. Uh, Any last questions for Sigmund Bloom before we let him off to uh, get down in his uh, hurricane bunker, Bunker put some preseason football (laughs) and his projections and rankings in front of him and just let him churn out content? All good. All good? Yep. Sigmund, thank you very, very much for joining us yet again. I think it's your third season now uh, that we've had you uh, pre fantasy draft week and uh we really really appreciate your time and and all of your knowledge and uh you can check out his work on the audible and on the couch at football guys we're big fans of the show and of football guys we are subscribers of the site so we uh yes. we use that and the draft dominator <laughs> every beautiful year. Guys. every year 
Thank you so much. And, you know, God's willing and the creek don't rise, I'll be back for a fourth visit. Yes, yes, that would be great. So uh, stay safe in the midst of that hurricane. Um, hopefully Marshall and Lynch will keep you safe and uh, enjoy the season. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Thanks to Sigmund Bloom from the Football Guys. You can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, and you can check out the Football Guys. Highly recommend it, uh, thefootballguys.com. Uh, if you don't know them by now and you're a fantasy player, you're probably not winning leagues. Uh, pretty much. Uh, good website, plenty of good, <laughs> plenty of good resources. Uh, check them out. Check out Sigmund, one of the great philosophers of the uh, fantasy community. That should be his Twitter handle, the fantasy philosopher. That's actually going to be difficult to say. Did I stutter? <laughs> the fantasy philosopher. Yeah, it doesn't really work, but I think Sigmund Bloom's probably a better. That's such a great name. Yeah, it is. It has it has a philosophical sound to it. it does it does sound like someone you would seek advice from? Yeah. And Not so much, these, Josh. There's all these <laughs> Josh. theories that he's written. Mm. Oh, okay. It is. It's very good. Uh, so thanks to Sigmund. Enjoy uh, Fantasy Week. How do, you, how do you feel going into Fantasy Week? feel good. I feel, feel good, good about our main league. I'm going back-to-back. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm nearly going back-to-back. I didn't want to go back. Yeah. Well, I meant, like, I'm going to win again. Oh, no, you won't. Yeah. Okay. But, no, I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, I... It's a weird year, as I said to Sigmund. It's it's a weird year where, like... And it, this is why I liked what you did in our main league, where you get to choose... The draft order doesn't determine the exact order. It chooses who gets to pick where they want to pick. So, obviously, I got first, so I picked first. But what I liked what you did was you picked at the bottom of round one, because I feel like early on, probably, like, picks five through to nine on the turn... In the second round, I'm not really keen on a lot of players there. I feel like you have to reach for a few players, and you don't want to be reaching in round two. Mm. Like, be, yeah, so see, if you're picking, like, and we've got a 14-team league, you can just start with, like, Jordy Nelson and Michael Thomas, and you're good. You're Whereas if you're picking six, like, you might, you know, Odell Beckham, and then you've got to get, like, Lamar Miller or T.Y. Hilton. And they're or, the guys that... Or Gronk. Yeah. Or Gurley, and you're not so keen on investing that early on those players, but who else are you going to pick there? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I I prefer going either very, very first or very, very late. Yeah. Hence why... Uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I went where I went. And you chose I, what, 13? I chose 13. I know you worried about the old 13, number 13, conspiracy, lucky for some, bad luck for most. Just, this drop goes for a long know, time. <laughs> production no. value through the roof. Uh, production. Just grabbed it from YouTube, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's more than Channel 10 at the moment, all right? <laughs> Maybe Murdoch can buy us. Maybe. Maybe. Any Anything yeah. else? No, not really. Great chat in a segment. It's it is it, it always is. And as I said before, our chat will be back next week with plenty of preview pods. Uh, college football game tomorrow. We didn't even mention. Um, excited for that. Yeah, that's Obviously, coming up. We probably I mean, should have mentioned that at the top of the show. We'll be there in probably like what twelve hours. Probably yeah. That, nice. that nine fifteen p.m. a.m. You said twelve hours, twenty-four hours. Gotcha. Thank you. <coughs> yeah. There's Man, also imagine some... getting there tonight at nine. That would be very early. <laughs> That's dedication. One hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I want a red. And hot burger. dogs is like I'm here. I want one of those red burgers again. <laughs> oh, that would go. Um, Damn it! Yeah, you missed all... my 2004 Big Brother joke about hot dogs. But anyway, 
mate. I can't go. That's too far. <laughs> we just found out today that it was 20 years since Goldmine on Nintendo 64. Yeah, we're going to play this afterwards. We are very old. On my now. Nintendo 64. Um, there's also a big boxing fight on. Yes, credit to uh, Sydney Cup organisers for getting that, that fight on at the game. Incredible. Yeah. Now, yeah, are you, do you know exactly what's going on? Are, I don't are, know. Are, are you going to take your laptop? Because I think in the media area we get Wi-Fi, so you could probably just stream it on your laptop while we're sitting down. Interesting. Yeah. Your laptop's a lot lighter than mine, so I'm just advocating oh, you. Really? Yeah, it's much smaller. Okay. You know. That's not a euphemism either. We're, we're actually talking about our laptops. Um, <laughs> yeah, that might be a way. I don't know how you can get the fight on your laptop. Someone's periscoping it for sure. We don't recommend that. We recommend <laughs> pay per viewing it. Pay per viewing it, paying the full price for yeah. thirty seconds. Yeah, you know, pay for Floyd's next legal fees, and you know, help about. Anyway, pretty much wraps up the show, right? That's it. Uh, enjoy the Sydney Cup. We'll be back next week previewing AFC, NFC, all predictions. Yes, tickets are still on sale. There's still a few left. I think they're $49 at the moment. They're, they're going cheap. Uh, so, you know, check that out. Last uh, year was so good. So this I can imagine someone listening to this tomorrow at like 11 o'clock just rushing to get tickets. <laughs> like, i got an hour. got to get that. So, anyway. That's what people sound like to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, every human on earth sounds like that. Oh, an hour. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WootNoir. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow me at This Is Woot. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Audio Boom. As we said at the top of the show, iTunes reviews go in the chance to win merch. 